0: to predict. Good morning, my brewing brothers and sisters. Good morning. Jumbo Good morning, Johnny. Yeah. Beautiful day. Yeah, you're all you're oh. all worked up on. Your coffee has got you flying. Caffeino,
1: man. You can barely sit still, huh? Yeah, Sumatra. Light roast to A little extra bada-bing, bada-boom, you know? <laughs> Holy <laughs> mackerel. <laughs> Seriously, my heart's going...
0: That's, <laughs> going that's, <laughs> through that's through through the pitter-patter of your heart just being close to me. It's your beautiful face, Jesse. That's right. That's what that's it that's right. is. Right. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoky beers. Today we're talking about yeah, other smoked beers. So not oh, yeah. uh, not the classic Rauch beer, but uh, you know, other beers that are smoked. But uh you know, before we get into that, I wanted to uh cover some email, but you know, my I'm <laughs> having horrible troubles with my uh uh ISP, my internet service provider and uh my email accounts, so it would have been uh, like a royal pain to try and print one of these out, so I did okay. I'm still answering the emails. Yeah. I'm just not going to c- cover one today. Fair enough. We're going to talk about uh, these. I've, I've been spending a lot of my time uh, drinking a lot of English beers, too. Good. Your own, help. Uh, Yes, and uh, some commercial ones. Uh, really? BevMo got in a bunch in cans, like uh, some Green King and... Uh, uh, t- uh, they have, uh, the Tetleys, they have Green King, uh, uh, Abadale, I think it is, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple others. And, in the cans, boy, they're, that, that's about as fresh as you're gonna get an English beer over here. Wow. Do you the actually drink are... it out of the can? Or something? No, no. Oh, I you pour, pour it, it out okay. yeah, I don't drink out of bottles either. <laughs> okay. Had <laughs> <I'd> to ask. <laughs> yeah, well. And, uh, uh that's, that's a, a good drinking experience there. See, now uh, you can drink it by the poolside. That's yeah, right. You know? Yeah, you could swim
1: with it if you wanted to.
0: Well uh, several of those have widgets in it, so that oh. makes it kinda difficult to uh that's true. To drink. Mm. With the widget, you know, foam foaming away. <laughs> you're like uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe you could shotgun those, but you know, good. They we'll are swallow like the widget. Sixteen ounces. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um <laughs> Is <it> good beer? <laughs> you like your bitters, you're a bitter guy. Yeah, yeah. Not know, literally, have, but
0: um working on some uh articles on uh bitters, so I was doing some research. Research. That's how I explain it to the family. Right. This is research, not alcoholism. Right.
1: <laughs> but, Daddy, you're so
0: angry. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how I respond. Right. They go away. Uh, no. Uh, so I, I've been enjoying the bitters. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things I enjoy is a good smoke beer. Okay. I think a good smoked beer, when it's done right, yeah. is a very delicious thing. When it's done right, it, exactly, it, it's,
1: it, it, it's got to be balanced, right?
0: It's like sex. Yeah, it's when it's done right. Like when it's prison sex, it's done wrong. It's done wrong, <laughs> and it's and it's no good. Yeah, when it's your when it's your lady, it's with the love of your lady, your life with your lady, then then it's right. It's right when it's done right. It's good. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because we, uh, we've been in a prison, JC. Or we, we only got like, you know, this show and another one before the end of the year. Uh, maybe that's why we're, uh, we're digressing here. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Let's not talk about my prison time. Okay. okay sorry. So how would you describe, uh, an other smoked beer? What's, what's the description there, John?
1: Well, first you have the, the good base beer that, I mean, mm-hmm. you always say that and that's true in this style, especially. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a porter, have a great porter recipe that you've got dialed in. Mm-hmm. And when you go to add your Roush malt or peat and malt, make sure you balance it out. And I would say be very conservative the first time you use your peat and malt or mm-hmm. Roush malt. Mm-hmm. And don't overdo it. And if you need more, add it later when you re-brew it. Mm-hmm. But o- overall, the aroma should probably have hints of the original beer. And a slight bacon, wood, you know, maybe greasy aroma coming through. Um but it shouldn't be overwhelming to the point where it's just like licking tan bark, you know. Right. And, um, and as far as a flavor, I would say you'd probably want an, all the base beer coming through the palate, and mm-hmm. at the very finish, you'd want a hint of smoke mm-hmm. flavor, just a hint. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, that's basically your smoked beer,
0: right? I mean, well, and I think you you bring up some good points, and. The interesting thing about smoked beers is that the type of smoked malt you're using. The type of smoked malt you're using is going to determine a lot of the characteristics of the beer and what people think of the beer. Mm. If you use something like uh peat malt which it, is it, can, harsh. it can it can yeah it it can it, peat malt is appropriate for whiskeys, right? Uh uh-huh. um, but it's not appropriate for for beer really. It's it's such a Unique flavor and aroma. Mm-hmm. If you use any at all, I, I the, the amount I use is zero. <laughs> and, you know, I put zero amount of peat malt in all of my beers. Me too. Wow. But uh, if you do use it, use extreme re- restraint. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I've come across that was even acceptable mm-hmm. was a Scotch Ale that uh, Sam Adams does. Hmm. And they must... They must wave the bag of peat malt near the 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 kettle, and that's pretty much it. And that's just about right. And it's it's a it's a it's if it was any more, it'd be way too much. And it's and it's really not a Scotch ale if you add peat malt. Right. All the Scottish ales, all the the Scotch ale, anything you add peat malt to Mm -hmm. is a other smoked beer. Right. It is not a classic Ralph beer. It's not a, uh, you know, none of the Scottish styles have peat malt in it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you there's no peat malt in any of that. We only do that in this country, which is you know, or uh, we do a like lot that. of crazy things. Yeah, um, you know, home home of jalapeno beers. You know, uh, come on, I know, uh, which can be really good too. Yeah, if if, done if right. it's balanced, but, uh, you know. So be, use ultimate restraint, and if you do it. Uh, Add peat malt. It's the other smoked beer category. Even if you think it's a light character, mm-hmm. believe me, it's much more intense than, than, you, than you're letting on.
1: When I have um, customers come into Moore Beer and they want to try using this malt, peated or roush malt, I say, look, just taste it raw first mm-hmm. and then tell me what you think of it. Because they never actually tasted it. All right, They're like, right. oh, they read the description in the catalog. Right. Sounds good. And then when they taste it, their face just kind of puckers up. And yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, taste taste it first and taste. see what you think. That's a, a good point on any malt that you're going to use. Taste everything before you use it. A few grains, chew them up, taste mm-hmm. them. try to think about, you know, run some air through your mouth after you do that mm-hmm. and see what kind of characters you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be a little different in the beer, but you know, it's a, it's a good practice. Just like smelling all the hops you use, I think mm-hmm. is a good practice too. Uh, washing your hands, things like that. Yeah. good too. Sanitization, that's good. <laughs> yeah. biohazard suits. And, uh, so, you know, peat malt, that's one. Uh, if you use something that is, uh, mesquite smoked or hickory smoked, people tend to think of barbecue. Hmm. So especially hickory smoked, people tend to think of like barbecue ribs and things like that. Right. So if you use something like that, be prepared for people to think barbecue. And that can be, uh, kind of a, it can Pretty be hard. Yeah, it can yes. conflict. You mm-hmm. know, you'd have to choose the right kind of beer for that to, to go. And um, the interesting thing is if you're having a barbecue and you do something with like a hickory smoked malt and then you do a hickory smoked ribs or pulled pork or something like that, that's actually kind of cool and it and it kind of goes well together. So if you're planting something like that, that's kind of a neat uh, trick to do. But uh, a, a few people have, uh, you know, smoked their own malts and you can use all sorts of different woods and things like that. Mm-hmm. And those can add interesting characters. The, all the smokes are different. Right. And, uh, any of those, uh, g- it depends. You really need to experiment. But, probably the easiest one to work with, and the one that's gonna give you the most controlled character and is kind of acceptable across the board, tends to be the, um uh, Beechwood smoked malt, which is, uh, what the traditional, uh, uh, smoke malt, Rauch malt is. Right and that is a nice flavor that people don't identify with barbecue. Mm-hmm. It's not harsh like the peated malt. Mm-hmm. It's uh you know very balanced and, and controlled and you can you can make a lot of nice smoked beers using that. Mm. And that would be kind of the way that you know if you're starting out in smoked beers that's the way I would start out. It, is the is that a Vienna baseball smoked? The beechwood? Uh I don't know if it's a Vienna or it's uh, their pills uh I suppose I could find out. Okay. Uh, I think it's Vienna. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or they're Munich,
1: maybe? Maybe. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it, it's a good malt. And, and. I, I have a question when, with smoking. I mean, uh-huh. when you smoke don't, a beer. Don't smoke. Don't smoke, yeah. It's bad. For it's bad for it. It
1: causes cancer and stuff. That's not good. Um, if you're going to do it at home yourself, do you have any tips if like, I wanted to take some Munich malt and put it in the oven? you know
0: yeah, yeah you wouldn't do it in the oven what oh. what you do is um uh because your house would fill with smoke oh yeah right so you generally want to do it outside there there you can have a cool smoker mm-hmm. uh, there's several types of smokers you could do it on a barbecue something like that or uh if you have a smoker with cool smoke that's probably the best way you uh spread the malt out in a thin layer spray it with some water uh from a spray bottle some clean water dechlorinated uh, tap water, to moisten it up because then it'll take the smoke better and then run the smoke across it either through the cold smoker or, uh, you know, wood chips in the barbecue uh, in some foil, hmm. and uh, the smoke will infuse the malt. The longer you leave it on there, the more intense it's going to be. Once you get it, you're going to need to let it dry or dry it out in the oven mm-hmm. to uh, reduce the moisture content back down if it hasn't dried out from the smoking. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to put it in a bag and let it kind of sit for a week. Okay. And that kind of, uh, what people tell me is that that really helps, uh, the flavors develop. Hmm. Uh, it's not quite as harsh. And so it, uh, ends up being, uh, a better smoked malt that way.
1: Is this something you could do on your barbecue outside? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I go to barbecue shop, buy some hickory chips. Uh huh.
0: Make yourself up a foil pouch. Yeah. A, a cup of hickory chips in there. Uh, you soak them in water first, okay, so they don't just catch fire and burn they <laughs> smoke okay uh fold up a foil pouch, poke a bunch of holes in it with a fork, okay, throw it on the coals uh your malt goes on uh you make yourself like a little foil tray, poke some holes in the bottom of that, and mm-hmm. spread your malt out in a in a thin layer okay on that, wet it down, and uh that should do it and how long does that take like fifteen minutes twenty minutes uh you know the longer you smoke it, the more uh flavor it's gonna have huh. and uh you know, the shorter the less. So you really need to experiment. It's going to vary widely from case to case and technique to technique. So you really need to, to be careful about that.
1: Well, it seems like a, a fun process for the homebrew to do since, you know, right. they're the do-it-yourself type of guys, you know, right. and girls. You
0: know. And again, uh, you know, you can use different kinds of woods to get that character because it's going to be hard. I, I know, uh, um, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, the guy that was doing a bunch of smoked malts and he was going to do a lot of custom smoked malts was he up in Sacramento? There? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Why am I I just, I just, yeah, I didn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just, I just smoked cherry. Nice, apple nice yeah, nice guy. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and he was gonna do a bunch of custom smoked malts so people could try all these different things. And yeah, you can get cherry wood, apple mm-hmm. wood, you know, uh, whatever, whatever wood, uh, plywood, uh, smoked malts, Some plywood. <laughs> yeah, don't don't use plywood. There's glues in there that you don't want smoking. Your malts, uh, anyways, uh, and you could try those different things, and you get different flavors with them. Well, when we come back, yeah, when we come back, we're going to get into the recipe for a uh, robust smoked porter. Ooh.
2: Ivan the Terrible yeah too foreboding Louis the Sixteenth mm, not too popular. Hey, dude, what's up? What are you doing? Uh, I'm trying to come up with a new name for the Brewing Network Sunday Show. Really? Yeah, they're accepting entries. You know, from now till December 10th, the five best names will be entered for a chance to win one of the two conicals being given away by Beer, Beer, and More Beer and HCA Industries. Uh, I don't think that's what they mean. Mm, Buster, Buster. I had a cat named Buster.
1: Dude, they're not going to name the Sunday Show after your stupid cat. Roy. Are you feeling okay? Jim Bob? You're mental. Sally. Dude, you're supposed to come up with the fun and entertaining way of naming the show
2: not name the show dipstick a kraut and a drunk dentist
0: the brewing network comical christmas giveaway name the show for your chance to win
1: between now and december ten.
0: this is the jameel show We're back, and we're talking about other smoked beers. Other, meaning every beer style could be smoked. Right, other than Rauchbier. beer. Rock. Classic Rauchbier, beer, right? The classic smoked beer of Bamberg, Germany. Uh, let's see here. The recipe I'm going to give you is a recipe that uh, has won plenty of awards. And this is, I'm, I'm so proud of this beer, because in the second round of the Nationals, it was... Uh, uh, Jeff Larson of Alaskan Brewing, mm-hmm. and Ray Daniels, who, uh, he and Jeff wrote, uh, the Smoked Beers book together. Right. And, uh, also, uh, my good friend, uh, Harold Gobranson, who's mm-hmm. an excellent smoked beer brewer, uh, down from Coffin, San Diego. And the three of them were in the, the final, judging the final round, and, uh, you know, they came across this smoke robust port, and they go, yeah, yeah, that could be second place. So the, the one that beat it apparently was just a fantastic beer. What? But, uh, you know, Gonna make you feel that, good. That Jeff Larson would have no hesitation making this, uh, a, a medal winner, you know, kinda made me feel really good about that. Didn't he
1: define that style of that porter, basically? Yeah, yeah. That's,
0: that's the that's creator and, and, uh, defining beer for that style. Right. Uh, so, and there's others that have, have made really good smoked robust porters as well. I think, uh, the Vermont, uh, brewery, uh, um uh, the Vermont. Noonan, uh, Noonan's Bub, mm-hmm. uh, it does a good one as well. All right, so for this beer, we are going with a, uh, uh, uh anticipated original gravity of uh, 1065, about 15, uh, a little short of 16 Plato. For six uh, U.S. gallons, 23 liters, you're going to go with uh, 8.5 pounds or 3.85 kilograms of uh, a pale uh, malt, two-row. Go with three pounds of the smoked, uh, Bamberg malt, the, uh, uh, Meyerman, uh, Rauch malt, Rauch malt yeah. uh, 1.36, uh, kilos. A pound of Munich malt, uh, or 0. .45, uh, kilos of Munich malt. A pound or 0. .45 kilos of Crystal 75. A pound or 0. .45 kilos of Crystal 40. Half a pound of Black Patent, that's mm-hmm. a 0. .22 kilo. And three quarter pound or .34 kilo of uh, chocolate malt. Hmm. And this is very similar to the other robust Porter Sounds recipes nice. I've yeah. given out, uh, with replacing some of the pale malt with the smoke malt. And this is right about 19% smoke malt. Wow. It's quite a bit of smoke. But if you've had, uh, a Alaskan smoke porter, you when it's fresh, when you get the the New Year's release each year, it's a pretty substantial smoke, hmm. and it mellows over time. Hmm. And that's one of the reasons that uh, at this year's GABF they did a, a kind of a vertical tasting. You could go up and taste, you know, three different years of Alaskan smoke porter, and they did a different three years each each day of the of the event. Which one did you like? Yeah, I liked them all. They were all just different. You uh-huh. know, you know, the smoke changes and some it fades much more quickly than others. And they do this uh they all uh, use alderwood to smoke their malt. Mm-hmm. And uh, they smoke it right there. And I have not tried that, but the flavor profile of the alder versus the the beechwood is uh, you know, very similar. Mm-hmm. And I think uh y- you can do quite well with this. So uh one of the things is the percentage of smoked malt in what you use in a style like this. This has got a lot of robust uh roasted flavors and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it competes quite heavily with the smoke. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine and I uh, 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 messed around with this, uh, Ron Hartman and I, and we, we kind of dialed in. And he was the one who came to 20% first as being the, the appropriate amount That's of smoked lot. malt. And uh, I had started out lower, and I came d- up to agree with him. Uh, my initial thought was like uh, most folks it's like, "Wow, that'd be way too much. Had you brewed
1: it at all, or was this your first time brewing it?
0: I'd brewed some other ones, and you know I finally came up with this recipe, and I think you know nineteen twenty percent is just about right okay, and that's where i would I would head if I was doing this uh, type of beer mm. now, if you're doing a classic raw beer, which we'll talk about that in two thousand seven mm. You go with about fifty percent smoke malt, wow, it is intensely smoky, yeah, right, and that's a big, bold part of the beer <laughs> in this it's not it's uh, more subdued now, my good friend Harold uh, Gabranson down in uh, San Diego, he does a very interesting uh smoked hefeweizen.
1: yeah, that seems so bizarre i when I, hefe.
0: I I was uh uh judging. Uh, a uh, round of the nationals, first round of the nationals. And then uh, I was doing smoked beers and I came across, uh, you know, the smoked Hefeweizen and there's smoked this, smoked that and some classic Raukma beers. And what was cool was uh, I smoked Hefeweizen. And my first thought was like, Oh, that's going to be nasty. Yeah. You know, those ba- banana, clove, all the Hefe stuff, <laughs> but it should be a very light beer and low smoke. So I'll move it to the front of the flight. You know, it's gonna be the first one I'm gonna do because it's, you know, fairly light, right. yeah. And, uh, you, you try and do the, the lightly smoked ones first and the more flavorful ones last so you don't kill your palate. So I judged it and it turned out to be the most beautifully balanced Hefeweizen with just the right light, light touch of a, uh, the Rauchmalt mm. traveling through and it was perfect. This thing was just spectacular. It turned, it turned out to be Harold's beer. Oh really? I'd never tasted it before. Huh. I talked with him about it afterwards after I found out about this. Yeah, and he goes, "Yeah, it's it's tricky to you know get the right balance. You know, you have to be able to brew a really good heft to start with, right. and then you got to add just the right amount of ralph malt to oh. make it to balance
1: out." What was the percent of ralph malt? He-
0: uh, I, I'd have to ask him. He'll he'll tell me, okay. but uh, uh, I'd have to ask. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, but the interesting thing was, he says, "Yeah." When I do a smoke beer, I, you know, I'll do some, some smoke beers like this, cause when you enter them in the competition, you'll, you'll be one of the first ones judged, and the judge's palates aren't blown out yep. by them. Especially they, this style, Jesus. Right, right, Yeah, You can end up not being able to taste smoked beers pretty yeah. quick into it. So, uh, sure enough, he was right. I, you know, as Lee Judge, I moved this to the, the front of the flight because it's going to be one of the lighter ones. And, uh, it gives a chance to appreciate, uh, you know, such a fine beer. Hmm. I think other styles you might be able to get away with that. I, I did other smoked beers uh, somewhere else and, uh, there was a smoked, uh, uh, Pilsner of some kind. And again, that seemed like well, all right. That's probably less than you know some of these other ones we're looking at, okay. and it doesn't have a lot of other flavors. So we move that uh, up to the front of the flight as well.
1: You, you, you know, the thought of adding Rauch malt to a Pilsner. I mean, what a waste of beer! <laughs> I, you know, if I, it's done right,
0: John. If it, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's hard enough to make a great Pilsner. Right, And then you're going to add some Rauch malt to it. And right. It's tricky, just Oof. like this Smoked Tefeweizen. I thought, oh, well, this is going to be horrible. It was fantastic. I could drink several liters of that beer easily. Wow. That's how well it's done. when it's done right, it's something that's really enjoyable. Same thing goes with a a good uh, uh, Bamberg uh, Classic Rauch beer.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely an acquired taste, isn't it? I mean, it's got to well,
0: be. Well, beer is in general. Right. Okay. And, you know, certain beers, uh, you know, it really goes, goes well, I hmm. think. Uh, you know, the breads and, uh, the, 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 uh, smoky malts. Hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry. That's
0: <laughs> right. Uh, Ray Daniels has a recipe out there for a smoked mild. Oh, yeah. I think it's on the Vireman uh, website. And, uh, that's a, uh, that sounds really interesting because mild has some, some dark roastiness to it as well.
1: More beer smells, uh, smells. <laughs> Smells like a fart. It Smells like a fart. <laughs> it like a fart. <laughs> <laughs> Sells a, uh, Ray Daniels smoked. Oh. I think it's a smoked porter.
0: Oh, yeah, smoked porter? Smoked smiled. Smo-
1: uh, it's a smoked porter. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Check it out. Cool. Uh, one thing, uh, alright, so these are the, the, the malts that you would use. One thing, uh, you really can't do is substitute liquid smoke for smoked malt. Liquid smoke? Well, yeah. How do you get do liquid it. smoke? They sell liquid smoke for like making barbecue sauces and things like that. Okay. And, it, it's just nasty. You, you don't want to do it. It's not right. Can you dry hop with liquid smoke? Uh, I suppose you could try. I've <laughs> tasted a number of beers where liquid smoke was used, and they either tasted like an ashtray, they tasted like, you know, barbecue sauce, they tasted, you know, they, yeah. it just, just was not right for okay. this. You really need the malt-derived smoke, I think. I think it, it, if somebody can do it with liquid smoke, you know, maybe it's possible. I'm not saying never, but, you, you have a much higher percentage uh, chance of success if you go with the malt-based uh, smokes instead of uh, the liquid smoke. Okay. It makes makes a big difference. Uh, for mash temperature on this, you're going to uh, do a single infusion mash, 154 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, 68 degrees C. Uh, do that for an hour, then mash out at 168 Fahrenheit or 76 degrees C, and then sparge with the... Uh, one hundred and seventy degree Fahrenheit water, or seventy seven degrees C.
1: If you sparge too hot with this style,
0: can you leach too much
1: smoke character out of the brush malt if you get too hot because no, of the tannins? I don't think so.
0: Um, you know, and it's not really heat per se oh. as it is pH. Oh, so okay. pH uh, you, higher extraction with uh, with uh, too high a pH. Hmm. So you keep your pH low, you can get up past one seventy and not really run into, into problems. Okay, that's a a, a big difference. For um, uh, If you want to do a partial mash, you can. I think the uh, smoke malt, well, the interesting thing with the smoke malt is you can go ahead and steep that and you'll get the smoke character out of it, but the starches will not convert. But that's and okay if you're an, an extract with, brewer.
1: Yeah,
0: you end yeah. up with a bunch of starch in your beer. Oh. Yeah, not a good thing. But uh, you could do that. Uh, you know, that. That might be okay. I, I, ideally, you want to do a partial mash. You want to take some of that smoke malt. Mix it with some of the, uh, the pale malt and, uh, you know, uh, hold it at, uh, you know, 154 degrees Fahrenheit for, uh, in a quarter and a half per pound of, uh, a water per pound of grain and let it sit there for 30 minutes, 40 minutes and then just rinse it out with some, uh, water and, uh, use that liquid f- to brew with. Hmm. Uh, because, uh, uh, you know, you really don't want the starch in there. And if, and if you're counting on the three pounds of smoke malt giving you some, uh, fermentables, it's not. And because it's, it's, it's not good right. it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're just steeping it, uh, you know, and, and the difference between steeping and partial mash mm-hmm. is not a big leap. Right. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, even if you're brewing with extract, you might, uh, give that a try. You know, uh, stretch your horizons a little bit. Yeah. You can, you can brew with a, a lot more ingredients that way about your hop editions hops uh this I just have a a crazy hop edition that uh, harkens back to one of my uh earliest recipes or youthful young days, my youthful crazy indiscriminate days where I still had bladder control <laughs> uh, <coughs> and uh I used uh one ounce of uh, goldings Kent Goldings at uh six point six percent alpha acid or uh six point six uh Homebrew bittering units. That's 28 grams at 60 minutes. So one ounce Kent Goldings, uh, six, six one, or 28 grams at 60 minutes. I use uh, 0.7 ounce of Willamette, or 20 grams, uh, 4.3 alpha, three hbu's at 30 minutes. And all these these recipes you can download them off the web. Go sure. to brewingnetwork.com. Uh, click the Jamel page button at the bottom. There's a link to uh, the Bonjour site, which will have all the recipes from all the shows. Then I use uh, 0.8 ounce of Willamette <coughs> at 15 minutes, 23 grams. Uh, 0.4 ounce or 11 grams at uh, of Goldings at zero minutes, and uh, the same amount, 0.4 ounce or 11 grams of Willamette at zero minutes. So you're going for a lot of flavor, not really. <laughs> 60 minute edition of Goldings yeah uh a thirty minute edition of willamette a fifteen minute edition of Willamette and a zero minute edition half golding's half willamette and it's to give some hot flavor and uh not a whole lot of aroma but some hot flavor to the beer that you know there's quite a bit of flavors going on in there you have the the roast you have the the crystal you have the chocolate you have the smoke you have the uh you know s- some slight esters from fermentation yeah and, uh, the malt flavors as well. And if you don't go fairly bold with your hop flavors, you don't want it overwhelming, but you want it enough so it's another flavoring that makes it seem like beer. Mm-hmm. And it's on, you know, like you were saying earlier, John, it has to be a beer first. Right. And then, you know, you can do other things to it. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a lot of variables you're throwing at. That's right. right now, I mean, to balance all that out, I mean, dark grains and rauch malt and hops. And right,
0: right. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. But when you get it right, you'll get a beer where you taste all those, those beery flavors, you know, the fermentation, you taste the, the malt background, you taste the roast and the chocolate and the, and the hops. And you also have this beautiful smoke character that carries through and balances well. Do you think it's easier to add a rauch malt to a beer like a porter
1: than a Hefeweizen? I mean, cause you have more, of Variables here with ingredients and in your porter versus a half, right. you only have like two grains.
0: Right. Yeah, I would think, uh, I would think it's easier with this than it is with the half. Okay. Because, uh, I think you have more leeway here. Mm. One is all these other flavors and these roast malts which play well with the, the smoke flavors. But, um, if people have tasted the Alaskan smoke porter, you know, that's got a lot of smoke to it to start with. Okay. So, and it'll age well. So you, you know, you can, you can brew this and if the smoke seems too intense, mm-hmm. you can let it mellow for, for six months and try it again and, you know, it'll completely change character. You know, if it's still not right for you, you can let it mellow another, you know, to a year. Uh, you know, Alaskan, they keep, you know, many years worth of this beer around. So, if you do this, you know, try and bottle some, set it aside and try it in a couple of years and see how it's changed. Maybe make this your annual brew. Right. You could brew it, you know, once a year on the same day and, you know, down the line you have a nice little vertical tasting where you yeah. taste three of them in a row. And <laughs> porters <laughs> age so well too. You know? That's true. Yeah. Uh, porters do, the roast malt helps them age quite well and, uh, prevent some of the, uh, oxidation. Alright, when we get back we'll talk about fermentation. Yeah, and call in if you can, 888-401-Beer. Yeah, we're here. All right.
2: go. The Brewing Network's promo spot, Chronicle Christmas, take one. In a world where beer was king, What do you mean, no in a world? This is a commercial for the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas giveaway. Oh, okay. In a land that... Uh, No, in a land either. In a time... In a time? In a land before time...
0: Look,
1: this is a commercial to inform the listeners of the upcoming Conical Christmas
2: giveaway. One man... No. When your life is no longer your own... What does that mean? When everything you know is wrong... That's wrong. In an outpost. It's a giveaway! On the edge of space. They're giving away two conicals. A girl. No. Two girls. Just tell them to listen to the Brewing Network every week between now and December 10th to register to win one of two conicals donated by Beer Beer and More Beer and HCA Industries. Now. What is wrong with you? More than ever. Stop it! A renegade cop. I hate you. A robot renegade cop. You're fired! You're fired. I'm fired. Get out of the booth, Bush. No, I like it in here. The
1: Brewing Network comical Christmas giveaway. Keep listening for your chance to win.
2: Ah, I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. Now,
0: back to the Jamil Show. I
2: feel show. good. I knew that I wouldn't. All
0: right, we're back. Smoked beers, other smoked beers, and we're, we're going through the recipe on a, uh, smoked robust porter. Mm-hmm. An award-winning smoked robust porter. And, uh, for, for yeast, what you're gonna use on this is, uh, the California Ale, uh, the White Labs WLP 001, or the Y Yeast 1056. What about an English yeast? You could use an English yeast on this, it's gonna change the character, you're gonna mm-hmm. start adding some esters in there, and I think, um you know, if you can get it balanced out correctly, uh, it's going to – it could work out well. But, you know, it's another competing set of flavors. Right. Hard to say. And it's going to change, you know, the dryness of the beer. It's going to end up a little sweeter. Uh, you'd have to mickey around with some of the uh, components, you know, probably back off on some of the crystal. Okay. Uh, so you don't have as much residual sugar to, okay. to, to, to get that balance. So you're going to have to mess with it quite a bit if you if you change from the Cal yeast. I would ferment this at 67 degrees to 69 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 19 to 20 degrees C. And you'll find that uh, the beer is going to change over time. If you uh, put this in a keg, let it uh, carbonate, you know, force carbonate it, try it, you know, from day one, a lot of the flavors are going to be quite angular. You're, you're going to get... Uh, you're going to get uh, a a much uh, higher level of uh, roast and uh, smoke. You're gonna you're gonna pick up a lot of that, mm-hmm. and it's going to seem to to stand out and be uh, very uh, punchy. This is a beer that needs some aging over time. You need you need a little bit of uh, uh, age on it to mellow all those flavors, and they will will turn out nicely. And again, if you've had the uh, Alaskan smoked uh, porter mm-hmm. When you first get it, when it's first out, you get a bottle and people will try it and they go, wow, that's really, uh, you know, not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. And if you let that sit for six months or a year, wow, it's really, the the flavors change mm-hmm. and, and different notes come out. You get some, you know, fig and plum and, you know, it's really very cool how it changes over time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons they put a substantial amount of smoke malt in it.
1: They just know it's going to fall out over time. And right. It drops okay.
0: just like, you know, hot bittering drops and other things drop right. as well.
1: Well, malt in all beers change over time, and I think they get better after about three months. Like, everything just kind of mellows and rounds out. Right. It just it reaches a happy place, you know? Yep,
0: yep. And, I, I think the only ones that I have troubles with for a long period of time are a lot of the uh, Pilsners. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Czech Pils or something like that. hmm you know, they're great at three months, and mm-hmm. then they quickly go downhill. Yeah. Something like this Robust Porter, this is going to last you, you know, you can hold on to this for a year. Right. You know, two years. Right. Three years. And it, and it can be quite good mm-hmm. all during those three years. But something like a check pills, boy, if you don't have it all consumed in six months, forget about yeah. it. You know, if pour it out. Yeah. Brew again. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, you got to drink more and brew more. I had some questions from the chat. Yeah. Do you smoke your own malt? Uh, just when I don't have any hops to smoke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't. Get some zigzags and roll get some them zigzags. Out. And yeah, roll them up. You betcha. Have you ever tried Alderwood? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no, okay. no, I haven't. Uh, the Alderwood smoked malt. Uh, my understanding is very, very close to the, what characteristic you get from the beach. Hmm. Um, protein mash or rest for this style? Do you do? no i don't because i'm using uh you're using uh, uh modified malts uh, highly modified malts anyways mm. and so you really don't necessarily need to mm. uh you know single infusion work fine if you want to do uh protein rest and all that you certainly can i like to leave quite a bit of residual dextrins in here to leave some body to the beer mm-hmm. and uh so be- because and also because the beer can get kind of dry with that roast and that uh that smoke and all that and the hops so uh, that's why i go with the the mash temperature of 154 fahrenheit or 68 mm-hmm. degrees c so, it, so it does vaccines. give you an
1: impression of dryness the rush when, flavor yeah yeah hmm. that
0: also uh it has, has a bit of uh drying is, effect is that
1: because it's high in in tannin because it's so stressed and smoked that it I mean, is it like What's a flavor a, on the Yeah, your it's like a, it's
0: a phenol and, uh, I think it just adds to the character. It may not add any dryness itself, but uh-huh. it kind of, I think though. it, yeah, it, along with the roast, it tends to kind of step up the intensity of those, I think. Okay. Seems a little, seems to anyways. Hmm. That's the impression I get. What about smoking a Schwarzbier? beer? Now, I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah. I think that's a very good suggestion. Uh, if I was to do it, now, if you're making a uh, traditional classic Rauch beer, at that point, you're adding about 50%. Uh, you're not going to add less than 20% of Rauchmalt, and you're going to be closer to 50% to be, really be towards the classics. And... Uh <clears throat> For a Schwartz beer, though, I don't think I would go that route. I think it would be too intense and it wouldn't quite work out right. You'd mm. overwhelm some of the other characteristics of the Schwartz because the roast in a Schwarzbier is very, very mellow and very mild. Okay. If I was to try it, I'd start with maybe 10% Ralph Malt hmm. in a Schwartz because you want some age on the Schwartz beer anyways. Yeah. Um it's yeah. got a
1: fair time too.
0: Yeah, so maybe ten percent. That'd be good though. Eight eight percent, ten percent. Yeah, that's that's what I would target. I'd give it a try. Mm. I think that's a good idea, maybe maybe I'll give that a try. uh, uh I think uh, I think it would turn out quite well. I think it's a very uh, an excellent suggestion.
1: Now, a, a traditional Rauch beer, um, uh, that's a Marzen base, right? Right. So in Germany, do they just take out half of the Munich or German pills and just replace it with Rauch malt with the uh,
0: Right, they don't look at it that way though I think okay, uh, I think they just uh um, you know they look at it as they're making this this beer that they've always made for you know eight hundred years or whatever wow and uh in Bamberg is really I think the only place you can get i I didn't see any smoke beers outside of Bamberg, so Bamberg is really where all the smoked beers happen, and they do have other smoked beers they have like smoked box they have smoked uh uh, Hef, Hefeweizens, they have uh, you know a bunch of different smoke beers wow. as well but when we think about the classic we're thinking about it, it's like an oktoberfest maritzen right and uh again about 50% of that malt is is a smoked malt mm. and it seems like that would be just uh, uh undrinkable yeah it's not it's it's something that uh you know you taste it and it's powerful the first time you taste it, but after you you drink a little bit of it, you kind of get used to it and you go, Wow, yeah, this is really pleasant the i don't know how to explain it how to describe it really uh I'd have to have one in front of me and and describe all I's done. I' never described it before, but there's a sensation that takes it takes over your mouth when it's that intense right it's not a puckering but um you know, you almost kind of get that same kind of character. Right. And, <clears throat> you know, you, uh. It's definitely unique. It's unique. And, and, <laughs> but once you get used to it, boy, you know, it's something you'll, you'll crave from time to time. You go, mm. wow, well, I could, I could use a, a really good Ralph Beer right, right now. You know, it's, it's something that, that can be quite delicious and goes great with things like sausages and stuff like that. Tr- a lot of traditional German foods. Mm. If you, you know, if you get a chance to try some of them, uh, they, they really are excellent.
1: Um, on the side of a Budweiser can, mm-hmm. they say they use beechwood
0: for uh, clarification. Beechwood aged, beechwood right. aged. Right.
1: What do you know anything about that? Or
0: yeah. So what they do is they have these uh, big chips of uh, beechwood, uh-huh. and uh, they line the bottoms of the fermenters with them, oh. and it adds sites, I guess, for the yeast to flocculate on, oh. and uh, provides more surface area. So you know how the yeast, when it falls to the bottom of uh, your fermenter, Uh it's in a little pile there, and there's not a lot of surface area, because the the top's exposed, all the rest is kind of buried under more yeast, and there's not a lot of access to the beer. Right. You know, they ferment and change whatever beer is right next to them, and then they're stuck there. The liquid's not exchanging. Right. Well, if you make a larger surface area and spread that yeast out over a bigger surface area, the... um, uh, yeast, there's more yeast surface okay. to affect the beer and uh, uh, perform some of the lagering things, characteristics, uh, reducing uh, certain compounds and changing certain compounds and changing the beer hmm. in the lagering. But there's no there's no flavor impact at all then, right? Because what they do is, uh, or so I'm told, they boil and steam and cook the daylights out of these this uh, wood, wow. this beech wood, and so that there's like zero flavor to it. Every bit of tannin and uh, wood character has been just zapped out of these things. Okay, and I would imagine some of that action—you know—if you steam wood, it tends to make the the um, uh, individual—you know—cells and fibers of the wood kind of stand up and get a little fuzzy. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's more surface area as well. So that's essentially all they're trying to do is add more surface area. Okay, and uh, no flavor. So that helps attenuation then. Uh, well, it might help attenuation a little bit, but, uh, really it, it gives the yeast, uh, yeast surface area when you're trying to reduce some of those, uh, those compounds from fermentation, like acetaldehyde, things Mm like that Okay, uh, can help reduce it. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh you know, one, one of those odd things that they do, but, uh. Let's do a quick recap of, of what we got here on this recipe and, and smoked beers in general. So the type of, of wood that you're going to use is going to make a big difference in your final flavor. Or, uh, not wood, but uh, smoke malt. So uh, generally don't use peat smoke malt. If you do use it, it's not really appropriate in any style, regardless of what you might think about Scottish beers. And you need know, just using really, really controlled amounts. If you want a, an example of... The maximum you should put in a in a smoke beer with peat malt. Try the Sam Adams uh, Scotch Ale. That's a pretty good rendition of it, and I've actually drank a couple bottles of that, mm-hmm. which is the most peat smoke beer I think I've been able to drink. And you like uh, that's best. because it's a good beer and good brewing. You know, the, yeah. uh, they could even mellow that peat smoke down a, a, even a little bit more. Do not use liquid smokes because. It's just a weird flavor that, that really doesn't fit, and I don't think you can get something like a Beachwood, uh smoked, uh, liquid smoke. Hmm. The uh, malts that you're going to use, uh, you can steep them, but you're going to end up with starches in your beer, so you're better off with a partial mash or doing all grain. For a 6 U.S. gallon or 23 liter beer, uh, 23 liters of beer, you're targeting uh, 1065 OG, SRM's uh, 39, anticipated IBU's is 34.6, and brew house efficiency of 70% and a boil time of 90 minutes. You're going to use 54% uh, uh, or 8.5 pounds of uh, pale uh, malt. That's uh, 3.85 uh, kilos. You're going to use 19% or 3 pounds of smoke malt, 1.36 kilos. You're gonna use 6.3% of, or 1 pound, uh, .45 kilos of Munich malt, Crystal malt, Crystal 75, and Crystal 40. You're gonna use a half a pound, or 3.2%, uh, .22 kilo of black patent, and 4.8%, or 3 quarter pound of, uh, chocolate malt as .34 kilos. You're gonna hop it with Goldings and Willamette to around, the, the 35 IBUs. A uh, fair amount of flavor and aroma additions, uh, scattered from, uh, 30 to 15 to, to zero minutes. I wouldn't go really intense on it, but you really need to, uh, bring up some, uh, hop flavor, I think, to make it still seem like a, a decent beer. Mm. If, if you don't, then, uh, you know, you're gonna run into troubles there. Ferment it out with a California O yeast, 67 to 69 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, that's 19 to 20 degrees C. Uh, mash temp is uh, 154 uh, degrees Fahrenheit or 68 degrees C. And uh, that will make a pretty good uh, uh, smoked robust porter. Again, it's going to probably need a little bit of aging. Yeah, but it but it's good to drink uh, initially. And, you know, uh, the the more you age it, uh, the more it's going to change. And that smoke will hang around. It's going to change in levels as you go. And you're just going to want to... Uh, Keep trying it and, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy that beer over time. You can do things like smoked Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. You'd go much, much lower in your, your percentage of smoked malt. There you're probably dealing with uh, maybe 5% mm-hmm. uh, or or even less, 5% or so. Uh, if you're doing something like a smoked Schwartz beer... And um, you figure maybe ten percent. Okay. You're doing something like uh, classic Rauch beer. You're up to fifty percent. You have to play with that amount of smoke malt. Right. The age of the smoke malt matters. The uh, type of smoke malt. If you smoke your own malt, all those things are are gonna play into it. And you're really gonna need to kind of uh experiment and work with this. Right. And uh, if you get it right, it's a just a wonderful beer to drink. If you get it wrong, you know. Rebrew. Uh, you know, rebrew. Give it another shot. uh. Uh, I I wouldn't bother with blending or anything like that but uh yeah you know, if if you make a good beer and just the smoke is too much or too little mm-hmm. it can still be a good beer. You know that's that's one of the the keys. Make a good beer. Yeah. And then if the smoke's a little too much or too little it's it's like it's still a good beer with that mm-hmm. and it's probably drinkable unless uh unless you go really wild. It should be drinkable no matter what. Mm-hmm. You can have uh, quite a quite a bit of leeway with the amount of smoke.
1: When I first started brewing my first like three batches were all rock beers cuz I was doing extract and I'd pour it into my kettle and forget to turn the flame off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it would just they all had smoke flavors.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I I, yeah. I I had a uh a smoked uh, Scottish ale or a smoked uh, a smoked wee heavy in a competition and uh and I uh and the people told me afterwards that it's because they forgot, uh, their, their extract or something, like, burned to the bottom and yeah. ended up uh, like that. Uh, somebody asked from the chat, why not use lager yeast? If you're gonna use lager yeast, it's gonna change the character of the beer. This is an ale, this is a, a robust porter. Remember, the beer first, and the, the smoke character is, is supposed to marry into that, so. Mm. Uh, that's why you're going to use ale yeast on this. If you're doing a smoked Schwartz beer, obviously you'd use a lager yeast. Right. But you want this to be identified as a robust porter with uh, smoke. And you want the Schwartz beer to be identified as a Schwartz beer with smoke. You want the Hefeweizen, you use Hefe yeast uh, with smoke. So you have to kind of stick you, to style, but... Exactly. And the rock molar Right. And yeah. then replace a portion of your base malt with the smoke malt. And uh, you know uh try and balance that with the kind of beer it is. And that'll give you character. So you need to do all those things that you do for that, that, uh, beer first. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, this would, this would not make a, a good Schwartz beer either because it's way too roasty. Mm. I don't think there's any lagers that are this roasty. So you could, you could experiment and do it and have fun with it. Yeah. But, uh, I'd be know. conservative with the rock And water. again, yeah. and maybe it's something you really love and would yeah. enjoy, but if you want to brew for competition and win, then you're going to need to kind of stick with the, the alias on this recipe. All right, so we're going to uh, see you next week for our last show of 2006. Uh, make sure you listen to the Sunday show because there is only one week left to register to win a conical from uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer. So listen to the Sunday show. You can listen to it live or on podcast, but you only have one more week to, to register to win. Up next is a repeat of last uh, Sunday night's show where uh, there was a top ten reasons why I'm sexier than Pam Anderson. Cool. And I, I'm sure there's 20 or 30 reasons why, but you know, they, they paired it out of the top 10, That's I guess, nice. you know, or out of the top couple of hundred. At least they were nice. The trim.
1: <laughs> Alright. Well, good show. Good show. Two weeks, Two weeks from now, cream ale.
0: Cream ale. Pretty strong, Joe. Pretty strong. The Jameel Show has been a production of The Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jameel to jameel at thebrewingnetwork.com. The Jameel Show airs live every other Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Brewing Network.